Hey guys, this is another episode of 81 Points, and in this episode, we catch you guys up on all the happenings since the trade deadline. There were a couple of games that were played, notably a great game against the Boston Celtics where our very own Rajon Rondo, the prodigal son, returns. He returned to Boston and hit the game winner against the Celtics, and then uh, a loss at the hands of the new and improved Philadelphia 76ers. It was expected. Expected, yeah, for sure. And uh, we also dive a little bit into our favorite front office executive and what he's been up to lately. Um, it seems like he can't stay out of the news. So he's got a lot to say. He's got a lot to say. He's got a lot to tweet about. A, a lot of comments. He wants to give people hugs, yet he doesn't want uh, to baby anybody at the same time. <laughs> so adult hugs, I guess. Uh, the side about- hug. It's probably the side hug. Yeah. You know? I, he seems more like a front hug That's type true. of guy. He, he, he seems like he likes to get in there, you know? That is true. Uh, so we do talk about Magic Johnson a little bit, and uh, then we project the rest of the season going forward. There's about a third of the season left to play before the playoffs. Are the Lakers even going to make the playoffs? Uh, we feel pretty optimistic, but uh, there is pause for concern there. And then we, of course, talk about this upcoming summer and what's going to happen there. Are we going to get a Kevin Durant or a Max free agent? Um, some of us feel very confident in that. Very confident. Some of us less so. But that's how it is in Lakerland. There's difference, differences of opinion all the time with everything. So we're here to discuss all that here at 81 Points. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode. Welcome to 81 Points, where we talk about all things Lakers, hosted by two guys named Chris. Okay, welcome to another episode of 81 Points. It's been a few days since we've checked in with everybody. Yeah. Listen, yeah. I, I know that a lot of people talk shit on LA, LA people, LA natives. Um, they say we're fake, superficial, um, whatever, fickle people. Uh, one thing that they do say about us that I will gladly admit is that we're weather pussies. We're what? Weather pussies. Weather pussies. I mean, it is so oh, cold. Oh, weather pussies. Oh, today. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. In the mornings, it's like 40 degrees. And uh, yeah. we're having a hard time here in LA with that. So, it's, yeah, it's really, really cold. Climate change is real, folks. You think it's getting uh, progressively colder? I think so. Progressively yeah. colder and hotter. And hotter. Yeah. So, more extreme. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's speaking something that extremes. we have to deal with. Yeah, speaking of extremes, <laughs> it's been an extreme couple of weeks here in Lakerland. Mm-hmm. I think the last time we recorded a podcast episode, it was right when the trade deadline hit, and uh, alas, Anthony Davis is not on the Lakers. <clears throat> we did lose a few 
people along the way. Um, rest in peace, Avita Zubats. Rest in peace, Michael Beasley. Mm-hmm. Um, we brought on a we brought on a few players, Reggie Bullock and uh, Mike Muscala. Basically, just moves that 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 don't really move the needle. No, no. I mean, it was disappointing to see uh, Zubats leave, but I mean. You know. Yeah, how do you feel about that? Because a lot of uh, a lot of Laker fans are very salty about the Zubats. Yeah, I, trade. I think it's a little. It's kind of silly. Um, he's just he's just not something to really get uh, all up in arms about. I think I feel like you know. Um, People are upset though. Yeah, I, I I the only thing I'm worried about is. And, you know, you know about my, you know, big man crush for our boy Jerry West. And the fact that he traded for Zubats, it gives me a little pause. Like, I'm like, oh, shit, this guy going to turn into, like, you know, the next, uh, you know, great center. But, you know, I I seriously doubt that's going to happen. If anything, he's just going to be a a really good serviceable, um, you know, center. What which I, is which is totally fine. Yeah, and I don't think I don't have a problem with the you know with the Lakers shipping him out. What I think is going to happen with him, and what oh, I think a reason why we decided to move him now was because he's about to hit restricted free agency right after this season. Mm-hmm. And so, um, can you imagine? Let's say we kept Zubats, and uh, I don't know. What do you think his what What do you think his market value is out there? Um, I mean, factoring in like today's yeah. inflated salaries. Yeah, I don't, I don't know to be honest because you know his he doesn't shoot threes. I know he's a center, but even centers should be able to shoot pretty well from distance now. Yeah, and he just doesn't really have a long range game. So his 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 skill set is a little it's a little outdated. I mean, so, don't you think he's at least, well, let's say, like a five million dollar a year player? Yeah, I could see that. I can see, I yeah. can see that being somewhat like around market value. Yeah. And if I'm the Lakers, like I can't even afford that. Yeah. For Zubats. Yeah, yeah. And and that's and that's partly why I was saying I'm not I'm not bothered by it too because it's not like we could have kept him anyways. Yeah. Um. I, but yeah, he. It's unfortunate that. Again, he's one of those like we attached him to somebody else to get rid of him. Yeah, well the thing is like you know that that that's the thing I think that most Laker fans are up in arms about is that on on one hand you can argue that they made that trade to free up a roster spot. Yeah. But they could have just waived Michael Beasley yeah. and opened up a roster spot. So yeah. people are thinking that that was a little bit of an unnecessary move. Yeah. Um uh, continuing that. the string of questionable uh, <laughs> GM moves made by this front office. Yeah. Uh, the other move was trading away Svi Mikhailik mm-hmm. for Reggie Bullock. I, people are salty about that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, actually, I would say I'm I'm more salty about that than the Zubats. Actually, really? Yeah, because I, I Zubats, you you kind of know what you're what you're getting. I feel like he's. His star has dimmed. I was pretty high on him, you know, his first, second year. Because mm-hmm. um, he showed a lot of promise. But, you know, it's what, year three now? It's just, 
Yeah. It's not it's not going to happen. Yeah. I feel I feel like I, you know, you never know, but you know, Svi seemed like he just wasn't ready this year, but he looked like he had you know, he had everything for him to be able to perform and be like, I don't know, maybe like a Kyle Korver type of like role, you know? Yeah, I mean, his shooting is already uh very good. Yeah. Uh, and his, his handle show, was a little was better than we thought it yeah, would be coming yeah, in. Yeah, and more he's more athletic than we thought. Sure, he would be coming in. So it's a big uh, it's a big wild card. Yeah, how he's going to end up. But we ended up getting Reggie Bullock, who is just more of a known commodity. And um, uh, I was more okay with that trade actually because f- yeah. to me that made more sense. Like yeah. I I can see the logic behind trading for a Reggie Bullock. I mean, I'm. I was fine with. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with the Muscala trade. Yeah, I mean, one thing I'm realizing is that a lot of Laker fans. I I feel like the new the new Laker fan, um, maybe, for for those that were I don't know born in like the late '90s to the early 2000s, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> might not have necessarily have seen Shaq and Kobe. Yeah. But uh, the new Laker fans, uh, they're the ones that are saltiest about like I mean, letting go of these young players. Now that there are fans who have not witnessed the Shaq Kobe era. If you that were born, crazy. okay, if you were born in uh, 1999, that makes you you're gonna be 20 years old now. And yeah, a 20 year old Laker fan was too young to see Shaq and Kobe. That's so crazy. Play at this point. I feel very spoiled to have witnessed that era. Yeah, I feel very sad for the young Laker fan that never got to see Shaq and Kobe, never got to see KB8, which is, I I think, still yeah. my favorite Laker of for all OB, time. It was amazing. Yeah. The, you, know this, you know what's so crazy is that Shaq is, is physically was so dominant that even in today's game, where his game is outdated, he's so physically dominant, he'd still be a superstar today. Oh yeah, he would kill it today. He would still kill it. He'd be like the lo- he'd be like the one guy in this league who could still kill it without having any semblance of. Well, like you it. you could make a case that he would even be even more dominant now because he came up in a time. Oh, you mean like the, like look at his contemporaries? It was like the golden age, right. of centers in the NBA. You know, right. you had Hakeem, David Robinson, Patrick Ewing, right? And there's none of those guys around anymore. No, well. I mean, Joel Embiid is maybe, like, the closest thing. <laughs> and I feel like Shaq would destroy Joel Embiid. Yeah. yeah. He would destroy... I, I, I Like, Shaq was someone I've never seen ever and probably will never see again. Yeah, uh, we'll get to Joel Embiid a little bit. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think he would have his way with anybody in the league right now. Yeah. Um, Just like he did years ago. But yeah. yeah. So so let's let's bring people up to speed of what has happened what has transpired since we last recorded a podcast. So after after we recorded, the Lakers played the Celtics. A big game. Uh, oh, yeah. Probably, and I don't know, I, I don't know the significance, like what it's going to end up being in terms of significance, but uh, at the time, it almost felt like a season-saving victory. Well, do you still feel that way? I feel like the the loss after that kind of like tempered. See, I don't want I don't want to be prisoner of the moment and uh-huh. be like you know, and that that's what a lot of people tend to do right. is, you know, 
after a win, it's everything is, I told you. I told you all right. these players are, you know, like this. And I told you we're going to be fine. And then after a loss, it's like, fuck everybody. Yeah. Like, fuck this team. Yeah. Fuck, you know, fuck the front office. Yeah. So I don't want to do that. Um, if I'm, if I can but be, I, We should have at least beaten the, because uh, I think we played the Pacers after that, right? That was, no, that was before. That oh, was, was before. It before? Oh, yeah. Okay. That was, you know, during the whole uncertainty yeah. time with the players and everything. So we beat Boston. It was the game of the season yeah. so far. Uh, came back from an 18-point deficit. Uh, you know, Kuzma had a really good game. He had uh, a great second half. LeBron had his typical All filling up the stat sheet. Yep. And then you get the game winner from Rondo back in his old stomping Celtic grounds. Killer Rondo. I think I, I think I lost my voice screaming. Yeah. Yeah. After I after I saw that shot go in. Um so that from 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 first glance it felt like a season changer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially coming off the heels of all the drama that was surrounding the team. Yeah. Anthony Davis. Yeah, stuff. I mean, did you hear about uh, how Rondo basically rallied the team yeah, himself? Yeah, I thought that was pretty sweet. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, so he he pretty much gathered most of the team for an informal practice. Yeah, got got people forgetting about the trade talk and all that. He and basically took a kid. He he took the kids aside and bought them ice cream. You know. <laughs> I mean, he was like, I, "Don't worry, kiddo. Do you, do you, <laughs> You're gonna be all right." You, <laughs> so, what's your favorite flavor? I mean, do you do you put <laughs> do you put stock into like what he did? No, I do. I totally. Yeah, do. I think I, I thought it was great. I mean, I think it's legit. I, I like, do. I do. A, a legit. Yeah. Uh, you gotta give him a lot of credit for what he did. Yeah. And then on top Agreed. of that, he hit the buzzer beater. Yeah. So it's a, you know, potential turning point. Rondo was team. a great signing. Um, yes. It was of all, and I'm very. I've been very critical. I think people all, you know, they all know that I'm very critical of this front office. But the Rondo signing, I cannot say anything bad about. That's an A plus, like ten out of ten signing. Uh, it was without question the best free agent acquisition of this last summer, aside from LeBron, right? Oh, for sure. Like of all the of all for the sure. meme team players, yeah, he was the best signing. Yeah, yeah. You could have probably made a case for McGee, but he's he's kind of tapered down a lot. He was right. still he's I, I would still say he's a, still a really good signing, but you know Rondo has got to be by, by far the best uh, signing outside of LeBron. I you know of all the of all the one year contracts that we signed. He would be the one that I would want to keep moving forward. Um, sure. I mean, I think it would depend on his asking price. Right. But uh, yeah, he's he's been nothing but a model model citizen and a really good leader. Uh huh. And so after that game, uh, we move on to the Philly game that happened yesterday, Mm -hmm. and uh, the Lakers lost. They they kind of got blown up, blown yeah, off yeah. the off the court towards the end there. Yeah, you can't really do anything about that. Yeah, so Philly, I mean, they look like you could almost say they're like the they're favorites the, in the East now. Oh yeah, I would say so. I I feel like they're the uh, you know they're the 
the, the diet warriors. Right. <laughs> They're the off-brand Kirkland Signature warriors. Yeah, Kirkland yeah, warriors, for sure. So. What, what did you think about um, Muscala and Bullock's debut with the Lakers? Uh, yeah, that's cool. I think Bullock's like, even started, right? He started because that Philly starting lineup is so tall. Yeah. And uh, I think the shortest player is J.J. Redick, and Rondo's not going to be able to chase yeah. him around. So that's why they started Bullock. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, I thought they were good. Um, I feel like it. I have to see some more games, but yeah, yeah. I mean, Muscala hit a couple of threes. Yeah, yeah. You know, stretch five. I mm-hmm. guess. I guess mm-hmm. he can do that. Uh, and then, I guess what <laughs> the thing we kind of want to talk about is what happened uh, before the game. <laughs> So uh, let, let's rewind a yeah. day before. Yeah. Um, it was reported that our favorite front office executive, <laughs> Urban Magic Johnson, was planning to meet the team uh, to talk to the young Lakers about everything that's happened. And <laughs> I think the headline was that he was going to go and give them a hug <laughs> and talk to them. So you want to talk about Rondo taking the kids out for ice cream? Yeah. I mean, this, this really really happened. Yeah, it was really said that he was going to hug them and and talk to them. So yeah. so that 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 was a start, okay? And then I mean um, that that headline itself, it's like you would think it just came out of the Onion or something, you know? Like it's, it was like a made up headline yeah. or something, you know? <laughs> but it's. Just, it's real, man. Yeah, it's real. It's, it's not real. like a clickbait type of headline. <laughs> it's actually a very accurate headline. So so it continues. So the so right before the game, I, I guess Magic was available for some media questions. <laughs> yeah. And uh he just blurted out, you know, just made an offhand comment about how Ben Simmons approached him and asked if um they can talk about you know, wanting to pick his brain about being a big guard in the NBA and what and what he did to help himself as right. a player, right? And uh, the the questions of tampering came back. I mean, it seems like this guy, well, Magic Johnson, is like a magnet for tampering. Well, you know, how did Magic respond to that too, though? Because like, um, you so, know, yeah, there was a little bit of confusion about what happened there, yeah. and so I, from what I can gather. It was that right now it, right now it's kind of a little bit of he said she said, but I think what what happened was that back in November, yeah and this I'm still a little bit confused about what happened to be honest with you, but back yeah. in November, uh, Philly, the Philly representatives, they contacted the Lakers because Ben Simmons had interest of talking to Magic Johnson mm-hmm. and then in turn, uh, I guess Rob Polinka re- returned with an email to Philly saying, um, is it okay for Magic to uh, meet up with Ben Simmons? And that's wait, when Elton Brand said no. Wait, so I don't understand that, though. Some Someone in Philly reached out to the Lakers? Yeah, on behalf of Ben Simmons, I think. 
Oh, I see. Yeah, I see. Unbeknownst to Elton Brand is what you're saying. I guess that's the only. That, that, that's the, the only thing that, that I. No sense. Yeah, because it's, it's like, like if asking you're permission. asking for permission, and then they're asking you yeah, back. It's kind of weird. That's weird. But uh, nevertheless, I think the point of bringing all of this up was that it was brought up in the first place. Like by, why, by magic by right magic, now, right? Yeah. yeah, I think that was so stupid. Why? So, so here's a guy. <laughs> the thing is, our, our our team, we don't we don't want any negative attention right now, right? We just want to lay low. We, we 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 have been like a magnet for negative attention these past two weeks. Yeah, and and the thing that's concerning. It should be concerning for Laker fans out there is that we have almost at the very top uh, a front office executive that just like can't get about out of his own way. Well, not only that, we have a front office guy who it it seems it's pretty clear he loves the spotlight. Yeah, yeah, and that is a huge red flag mm-hmm. because. You know, you look at all these, like, great executives, you know, the one across town, um, you know, where the Clippers are, the one in Houston or wherever, like, all the, even the ones that are not good, all these front office guys, when do they, when do they talk? They only talk when, like, a, you know, a deal has been made or they need to address something, you know, um, to put something, to, maybe a rumor to rest or make some kind of statement, right? That's required of them to say something. They hardly ever talk. They never talk. And if they do talk, it's mostly like a, a quote from a journalist. Right. Like post something happening. Right. Yet here is a guy who seems to be just giving out interviews and blabbering out stuff like on the daily almost. Yeah. And it's like, what are you doing? You know, and it's it's a huge, huge red flag is very concerning because this guy is continually to prove that he has no idea how to be an executive so that's something that needs to be stressed right now is that you have magic johnson you have rob Linka, and you have luke walton all of these guys currently their position that they have right now they're first timers at it <laughs> yeah you have a first-time VP, you have a first-time GM, and you have a first-time head coach. Actually, first-time owner, too, I guess. Or at least a very newly minted owner. Yeah, I mean, that's a little bit different because Jeannie Buss pretty much grew up in it. And yeah. she kind of uh, was naturally progressed into that role. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the other guys, it's like... I don't think Magic had any front office experience at all no. whatsoever before this job. No. Rob Palenka was an agent and never was an NBA executive until now, now that he's our GM. And then Luke Walton, you know, aside from a stint filling in for Steve Kerr uh, with the team that had, you know, everything was rolling. All the, all the Pistons were firing at, on that Warriors team. You know, he guided them to a really good record, but he basically parlayed that into a head coaching gig. Um, not only any head coaching gig, but for the Lakers. So all these guys are kind of, you know, they're learning on the job right now. And that that makes me feel like there's a lack of stability there because who who is anybody leaning leaning on right now? 
Like, is there like there is no like Jerry West in our franchise that's like been through it all? Yeah. And so, like, what are you gonna I mean, expect? You right know, now? the whole handling of how the Anthony Davis uh, discussion, trade discussion, yeah. went on between these two friends. It was, it it shows the inexperience. You know, right? And did it you really hear? Showed. Did you hear Magic kind of brush off like the fact that it was, like, pretty much played out in the public? I, I didn't catch that, but I, I what I wanted to say was, you know how we were. You know, we just brought up earlier about how Magic was like, I'm going to give everybody a hug, right? Yeah. Well, just not not too long ago after he said that, he said, no, nah, I'm not going to give him a hug. He's like, this, you know, trade trade rumors is, it's a it's a fact of life as an NBA player. You well, know he said, saying? you guys are, you guys got to stop looking at them like babies. Yeah. Like <laughs> and it's like, what are you, it's like, what are you talking about? It's like, you go from one one end where oh, I'm gonna hug those kids, right? To like, dude, stop coddling them, man. They 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 should be, you know, they they should know this is all part of the business, right? It's like, what is this guy doing? What is this guy thinking? You know? Yeah. And that's the thing. He, Magic Johnson, and I've said it from the beginning when he was hired. I don't he I I don't think he's fit to be a a front office executive yet here's this is the guy that's like basically leading the charge well so um it was brought up to my attention that uh i think going into last summer that's when magic made the proclamation that um if we don't get a max free agent for the next two summers then he'll like step down and so i wonder if he's gonna hold himself to that because this summer is coming up and you know there's there are a lot of free agents that are worthy of huge contracts in this offseason and so i know you feel do you still feel like pretty confident that there's gonna be that the lakers are gonna sign a max free agent yeah i've I do. We have a max slot, so I feel like it's going to happen, yeah. And um, if you had to guess who that would be? I would guess it's KD. So you still think KD's coming to the Lakers? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I so I keep thinking about this because you're so <laughs> you're so bullish on this theory that he's coming to the Lakers. Yeah. I mean, I asked myself, like, what is the upside for Kevin Durant mm-hmm. to come to L.A.? Mm-hmm. He seems like a guy who... Uh, well, okay, let's, let's take a step back. Why would he leave... First of all, why would he leave Golden State? What would be well, your answer I to that? I feel like that's the most obvious answer, is that he definitely wants to leave. Okay, but but what what is the reason for that? Well, first of all, his relationship with um, with Draymond. So bad bad team. Basically, he doesn't want to play with these guys anymore. Yeah, I don't think he wants to play with Draymond in particular. Um, but also, I think you know, I think he always feels like this is this is Steph's team. No matter no matter how much he no matter what he does. Right. Okay. So that's. That's kind of what I'm alluding to here. Yeah. So I think the, yeah, I think maybe the main reason why KD would 
entertain leaving is because he's a sensitive guy, obviously. And is so he? No way. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> a little sensitive there. I never noticed. You know, these, uh. these new age players, you know. <laughs> so he's a little bit sensitive. And so he, he, he wants to be embraced by, by a city the way mm-hmm. that... And he can't, do, he can't get that in the Bay Area because that, that's Steph's team. And so, if he came to L.A., I don't think the Lakers would become his team, though. I mean, it's it's LeBron's team. Uh, so, he would be facing the same situation here. Yeah, but I think it's very different, though. You know, the situation in Golden State is Steph Curry was drafted by the Warriors, grew up with the Warriors, and then became amazing with the Warriors. And mm-hmm. then they won a championship, and then... And then KD showed up. LeBron just signed with the Lakers this year, you know? So for KD to come in, um, you know, and join forces, it's, it's, it's such a different situation. I, it's like, it's like um, you know, like, for example, the Lakers are not going to win a championship this year. So KD joining the Lakers would be very much him kind of like being like, hey, I want to help bring a championship to L.A. It's clearly different to me. I feel like. So he has an opportunity to supplant LeBron to be the man on the Lakers. Once I mean, he, I don't know. If he comes here. I don't know. I don't necessarily feel, know if he wants to be like... See, I think he's a very complicated guy. He's very insecure, right? But he's also kind of complicated guy. I don't think... I don't know if he necessarily wants to be, quote-unquote, the man. I think he does want to feel appreciated. But I think... He's a guy who's also like the pressure isn't the greatest thing that he he wants, you know? And I think LeBron is the perfect guy to kind of like offload that. See, I I feel like I feel like a lot of people can make the opposite argument mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. They'll say, you know, if if a team that LeBron is on wins, then he gets all the credit, and if they lose, then it's that all about true. like the teammates that he doesn't have. Yeah, I think that, that that's a very valid point, and I think that does happen, that, and that has happened a lot in the past with LeBron's previous teams. But you know, another another angle to look at it is, okay, so like, what other teams could could KD potentially play on? And I think like there are there are very few teams that he would even join. Yeah, I mean, I, I the I, options are very limited. I feel like the realistic scenarios that he resigns with the Warriors, though. If if I were to bet, I would bet on that. I mean, they're yeah. they're what the New York Knicks. I don't know, which is seems so unlikely. The Clippers, unlikely to me. So you have I don't know. Yeah, you have resign with the Warriors. You have go to the Knicks. Go to the Clippers, and I, I guess go to the Lakers. I feel more strongly of him not resigning with the Warriors than him signing with the Lakers. Right. So you think he's definitely leaving? Yeah. Yeah. Don't you think so? Um, I'm not sure. No. Yeah. Well, I I think he's just. Yeah, I I feel like his stay in Golden State was not enjoyable for it has not been enjoyable even though they've won championships and even though he has won mvps i mean i he definitely doesn't regret going there though right i mean no i don't think so he won but i think he definitely feels like 
this has definitely run its course. Hmm. Because KD, I feel like is he's such a interesting guy. He's a very complicated guy. I see him and think looking at this, and he's like, I need to just cleanse the palate, man. I need to just hit the reset button. Yeah. You know what I mean? So my next chapter, part two. Yeah, like he has this whole like, he's got the snake persona. It's still on him, and and I oh, think. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's on him with being at the Warriors, and he doesn't like that feeling. Him joining the Lakers, I'm not gonna say is gonna engender him to a lot of like a lot of fans out there, but it's still different, and it's still like, you know, him donning a new uniform. It's, would be it's very by different. far a much. I don't. I wouldn't even consider that a snake move. Yeah. For for Durant to join the Lakers because right. this team's going to struggle to make the playoffs. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then let's say, and and we're gonna get to like how we project this season to end later. But let let's say the Lakers sneak in to the eight seed. They're gonna lose in the first round to the Warriors mm-hmm. most likely. Mm-hmm. So he would be joining. Uh, an eight seed essentially so there's nothing um yeah. it's completely opposite of joining a 73 and yeah. 19 you know yeah, what I mean? for so. sure and i think that's why like there's a lot of factors into him wanting to leave um the warriors i mean can you imagine people already hate the lakers yeah you know league-wide i think it's been on full display these past two weeks from gms other franchises the media other fans alike nobody's rooting for the lakers outside of laker fans no and so imagine imagine the lakers signing kevin durant this offseason what that's gonna do for the haters out there <laughs> i mean it'd give them enough fuel to their fire for years if they if if they're not already motivated you know to hate on the lakers yeah that's crazy because i feel like right now the most hated team is the warriors Yet, all it would take is KD to join the Lakers, and all of a sudden, the Lakers will probably be the most hated team. Do you think the Warriors are the most hated team right now? I think so. Uh, they're almost like, yeah, you might be right, but at the same time, they're almost like so good that it's like, okay. But it's still obnoxious, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like, it's unfair. I think yeah. I think um, we've probably been lost in all this Lakers coverage lately. That um, surprisingly, a team that's like going for a three-peat, they've been flying under the radar somewhat. <laughs> you know, I mean, they made a little bit of news because of Kevin Durant's little tirade. Yeah. Um, in his well, post-game presser, but. I'm just saying. I guarantee you, like, once this whole, you know, once this whole like Steph Curry era ends for them. They're not going to be relevant again. They're going to go back to being the old warriors. Um. So you you don't think uh, how much credence do you give to their success to like their front office? None. You know, Bob Myers, not. No, I mean, he, I think Bob Myers is a capable GM. Yeah. I just don't think he's like an amazing GM. Like for example, Daryl Morey. Yeah. I think he's a guy. You give him the assets. You give him the resources. He'll be he'll he'll put together together a perennial contender. I don't see that with the war. I think I look at the Warriors and I see them as like a, a team that just really stumbled upon like like a very fortunate situation. 
because you remember they were they were ready to trade Steph Curry. They were deciding between Steph Curry and Monte Ellis, and they ended up trading Monte Ellis. But they were very much on on like on board with trading Steph Curry because Steph Curry wasn't the guy that he was. Yeah, now. he was. Uh... Struggling with injuries in the beginning of his career. Yeah, yeah, you, you know, have the amazing handles and all that stuff. So, um, a lot of a lot of things had to bounce in their favor. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like they discovered something where they're like, oh, you know, we're ahead of the curve and we're gonna, you know, despite what all those guys will try to tell you with the owner and like how they try to spin it. I, I don't buy it for one second. I think it's great what they did, and you got to give them a lot of credit. I do give them a lot of credit, but. Golden State to me is still a small market team. You know. Okay. You don't think so? I don't. I mean. Okay, maybe not. You're right. Maybe not small market, but not a not a not a major market like uh, L.A. or New York. There's still a tier below that. Yeah, I mean, L.A. New York definitely right. is, is the top. Like you know, in basketball, probably would put Chicago up there too. Sure. But uh, yeah, yeah, Golden State's like a mid, maybe with like the recent. And I don't, I know they're going to a new arena too. It's like they're they're not gonna they're still not at the top tier. So I think once the Steph Steph Curry era ends, they're gonna go back to being the Golden. It's State hard Warriors. to say. It's hard to say because the run that this team is on right now is like pretty historic. The, well, it's the number historic by the analytics, they're this this group these three these past three years of the warriors there you can stack them up and compare them to what the chicago bulls did oh i i think historically this could be the greatest team greatest run of all time yeah but i'm that's and what you I'm think saying. they can anything be, from that they they'll still go back to being a small market team I, so I'll, I'll 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 retract about the small market team but i don't think they're going to be in a major market player is what i'm saying all i'm saying is that there's no secret sauce that they have they, they got very fortunate with what they did uh-huh i mean clay thompson was going to be traded for kevin love. kevin love yeah um they were waffling between trading away steph curry and monte ellis yeah so and then you know kevin durant signed they definitely to make stumbled. shit, they, to make yeah, shit no. really, really bad for the rest of the league. Yeah. And remember, Kevin Durant signing happened only because of that whole like loophole, like collective bargaining agreement type of thing, where it allowed them to get bring Kevin Durant on board that year. Uh huh. That's why all those signings happened, right? Those ridiculous signings with Timothy Timothy Mozgov and like Luol Deng. He signed that off season. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He yeah. Did. yeah so he did. that shit all. I mean, this was all very, very extremely fortunate turn of events that that occurred you know and you have to give them credit in the sense that you you know you have to be you have to be there at the right place to have this happen at the right time for you so i you know you still gotta like put the pieces together but this isn't something where like you know they got some kind of spreadsheet on their computer where they're like oh yeah we found it we're ahead of the curve we found something that's no dude it's because Steph Curry turned into this like, like ridiculously transformative, like transcendent player. Yeah. And now they're, you know, it's not gonna, they're not gonna continue this after Steph Curry runs his course. I mean, even look at Chicago. After Michael Jordan, what's happened there? They cratered. They cratered big time. Yeah, yeah. and and 
you know, what is it? What is it about their their front office after uh, Jordan left? Was there anything special about it? I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I don't, but that's because he left. Like Steph Curry's not leaving. You know what I mean? And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. What I'm saying, once Steph Curry is done, once his era is over, the Warriors they're not gonna they're not gonna be around. Is what I'm saying. They're yeah. Not, I mean, I don't know how many years he has left. He probably still has a, what like four or five years left. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. So I'm saying just contrast it with let's say the Lakers. The Lakers are always going to be, you expect them to always be in it, you know? Right. You don't necessarily expect that with the Warriors. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just can't predict, like, what, you know. I, I, think, I do agree that I think this is going to be their last championship year. And I, like and it, I think it, it, it's going to be over after this yeah, season. And I think also the other the other aspect of it, and we talked about this before too, is it's so hard to three-peat. It's so fucking hard to three-peat yeah. in the NBA. Yeah. Um, it just takes so much out of you. Like this year, whether they win it or not, that's it. Mm-hmm. I just can't see them like keep, like, I can't see them going on still. Yeah, this, yeah, you know, and that yeah. is that's probably another reason why I think Kevin Durant's going to leave. Yeah, um, but they are that good that I would still bank on them to three peat. Oh yeah, um, for sure. For I don't sure. think they're I don't think they're losing. Yeah, um, it'll be over after this year, thank God. But um, they'll they'll get their three peat for sure. Uh, so. Out of all the uh, out of all of the potential max contracts that are going to be doled out this offseason like what would you if if you can be magic johnson if you could be majinka right now how would if you I pra- could be magic johnson i would first of all shut down my twitter close that account R- right 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 <laughs> no more hugs no, no more hugs no, no more, more uh, no more walking yourself into a, a tampering yeah. investigation i but, would shut my phone down yeah, <laughs> yeah. so so after all that yeah. if you could prioritize because they're, it's no secret that they're gonna go after a max free agent, right? right? So if you can prioritize which players to pursue, like what what would be like the top like I don't know, let's just say like top three. I think it's KD, uh, Kawhi, and uh, I think Clay's gonna be available, right? Yeah, I, I expect Clay to resign with the Warriors, but yeah, I would say those three. So you would, okay, you would prioritize those three. Um, well, I guess I guess you're pretty confident that they're gonna get at least one of those three. Then I do. Yeah. Are you not confident about that? Um, that would be pretty concerning if they didn't. Right, and and, and, I, and don't you? I, f- I don't put anything past this uh, wow. front office. Honestly, <laughs> I don't. Wow, but. you're you have that little confidence in the front office. The thing is, the reason why I think it's gonna happen is because it's not the front office doing all this it's lebron yeah, so, so i mean yeah i mean that's the gm what, yeah <laughs> he, he i mean he has a <laughs> he has his own sports agency kind yeah. of so i i don't think uh well katie's not a clutch client uh no, not a clutch client either and neither is clay so that might influence things Simmons a little is. bit <laughs> yeah i mean ben Ben Simmons, I don't think he would work on this Lakers team anyways. Yeah. So there's they would like I don't. Well, think, I just think it know. was funny. I think that's why like people are all up in arms. I think about him talking to Magic, you know, yeah. because 
he's a clutch sports uh so you, I mean, the courtship is 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 happening many years in advance. You know, like the way LeBron just just dotes on Ben Simmons, like even, even oh, the All Star so, draft. So yeah, so that I forgot to bring that up. So the All Star draft <laughs> was um, LeBron definitely knew what he was doing. Oh there. yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. He pretty much drafted all the free agents. You know, um. I think partly to troll everybody, but at the same time, I yeah, I think he, you know, is warming up to them, just trying to subtly recruit. I would say, yeah. Um, they made the jokes about Giannis made that tampering joke. Yeah. Charles Barkley had a good joke about trading all of his bench players for Anthony <laughs> Davis. Um, but yeah, it's the the recruit the crew, recruitment is on. It's been on for a while. It's never not on with LeBron. Yeah, yeah. So you brought up, so Clutch Sports. Uh, you know who else is a Clutch client? Is um, Markeith Morris, who's just oh. been um, cleared to play. Yeah. The Lakers have one roster spot left. I think he'd be great on the Lakers, actually. So Why I'm did thinking. Why did he get bought out? Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. So I'm hoping that it's not Carmelo. Oh my God! If it was Carmelo, I mean, right now my my confidence in uh the Laker front office is at like let's say a fifteen fifteen percent. Mm-hmm. If we got Carmelo, that's pretty it, low. It's pretty low. But if we got Carmelo. I would put that shit at like zero. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that the Lakers use their last spot for Markeith Morris. That would be a good signing. Oh, that'd be great. I think he would fill a big need on this team. Absolutely. Um, And we might just need a player like that for this stretch run. There's, There's 26 games left. The Lakers are... 28 and 28 right now and so yeah what 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 record do you think what what do you think their record needs to be in the last 26 games to make the playoffs one let me ask you two questions so that's the first question what what record do you think the lakers need to make the playoffs and 26 games left yeah and two what do you think they're going to end up Maybe at, they, I think they need to go like eighteen and eight or something like that. Eighteen and eight, so that would put them at what, um, forty six and thirty six. Yeah, something like that. Um, I don't know. I think it would depend on uh, where we're at in the standings and how many teams we got to go um, jump over. Yeah, but um, it's still it's still very much possible. Um, we just. Yeah, it would be such a disaster if we didn't make it to the Yeah, I'm going to pull up the Lakers schedule right now. Um, So I think yesterday I took a look at it and just very quickly um, guessed and estimated what their um, final record would be. You know, and I will will say this too. I think uh, it is, it's really showing how much we miss Lonzo Ball. Yeah, that's that's an interesting point. Um, 
I mean, we're coming full circle on this podcast with <laughs> with our thoughts on Lonzo Ball. But uh, well, I think I think both can be true, though. You know, you know, we like I don't think he has superstar written all over him. I think he's still got so many glaring holes to his game, but. It can still be very much true that he's really integral to the Lakers' chances because he brings, you know, really good defense, good passing, unselfishness to the team. You know, so the the Lonzo stands out there are are very vocal these days. <laughs> um, you kind of laughed at the notion a, a few podcasts ago that. Um, you know, when people say that Lonzo is the second most important Laker on the team, mm-hmm. you, you kind of scoff at that at that notion. But um, how do you feel about that now? Do you, do I may, you, I may do have you to st- eat a little bit of crow here. Really? It's pretty obvious that we're, we're sorely missing a lot of his uh, intangibles, I would say. Yeah. His defense in particular. Yeah. Um, so would you agree with that? notion that he's the second most important player um, on the team i don't know i mean yeah i don't know i don't know if i'll go that far because let's say i don't know it might be like let's say we had lonzo and instead like someone like ingram or um kuzma was out right mm-hmm. i feel like ingram and kuzma at the moment right now are probably a little more replaceable than, say, someone like Lonzo. But at the same time, Ingram's defense is also pretty damn good. Ingram's yeah. defense actually has become kind of underrated. Well, it was on full display in yeah. the Boston game when he was guarding Kyrie Irving. Brandon, know. I need to repeat that though. Brandon Ingram guarding Kyrie Irving. Did you? I mean that that uh, post game. Yeah, um, the sequence. The post game quote. From Kyrie, yeah, he yeah. said uh, it was really unusual. They they play a really unusual defense, and he you know uh, pointed out uh, that Brandon Ingram was on him for most of the game, and that he couldn't really find the lanes that he was normally able to find. You know, yeah, because he's got fucking tentacle arms. Just yeah, his arms spread from like court to court. Um, I. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is a legit debate to say that Lonzo is the second most important Laker. Yeah. Uh, I, I would probably say Kuzma right now, just because we you don't beat so? the we don't beat the Celtics without Kuzma's like third third quarter. He hit four threes in the third quarter. Yeah. Um, having that secondary scorer uh, mm-hmm. after LeBron. Is like so crucial in today's game. Yeah, and you know that's the thing too is that Ingram is not ready for that role, you know. Yeah. He. The thing is, is that he has. I feel like even actually no, I would say Kuzma has a more advanced offensive skill set, but Ingram has a decent like toolbox of moves. You know, he's skilled for sure. It's yeah. just that in LeBron's system, it's not a real good fit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um like you let's say you you put Kuzma and Ingram on like the Pelicans had that trade gone down. I could see Ingram averaging like 20 plus points. But that's because LeBron's no longer in the picture, you know? 
I think I think Ingram can definitely learn how to thrive with LeBron. Yeah. Basically, well, he, he needs to be to, a slasher. Yeah. You yeah. know, if he if he does more of that, yeah, then I think he definitely can. You know, at least come close to fulfilling his potential. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's still optim- I'm still pretty optimistic about about Ingram for sure. Uh, but I, but yeah, I would I would probably say Kuzma's the second most important Laker right now. Um, but yeah, the Lonzo stands that are saying that he's the second most important Laker, um, they definitely have a case. It's Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's definitely showing uh, based on our lack of defense lately. Um, so let's look at the schedule. So I projected actually that I think I think forty four and thirty eight is a realistic okay. outcome for this team. So what would be what what would we need to go the rest of the season for that? That would be sixteen and ten. Oh okay. Um. So let's go. The rest of this month is going to be probably the easiest slate of games. So tomorrow, the Lakers play the Hawks. Gotta at, win that. At Atlanta. That's pretty much a must win. You uh, have and to win that. Then, then uh, we have the All-Star break. And then they play again next Thursday at home against the Rockets. Ooh. I almost... Ooh. Can, we, can we fucking beat the Rockets once this year? Please. <laughs> That is at home, so it it is at home. I I still don't think Lonzo's going to be back for that game. Yeah, um, which is unfortunate, but that that's it's a toss up. I would say, yeah, against the Rockets, and then this is going to be a really interesting game. They travel next to New Orleans to play the Pelicans. <laughs> <laughs> Always drama with this team, and then after that, it's at Memphis, and then back home again against the Pelicans. Okay. So you have the Hawks, the Rockets, the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, and the Pelicans. Actually, you got to win all of them, except, yeah, I mean, you can win all of them except for the Rockets. I don't actually. think they're going to win all of them, though. That that would be disastrous. So there's five, five games, like four and one. Is Four and one is a doable goal, mm-hmm. but I almost want to say three and two is like the realistic outcome, though. Probably. Yeah. So you go three and two for the rest of this month. Okay, March. March gets kind of brutal. And March is when I think Lonzo should be back. Yeah. So just to list off the games in March, you have home against the Bucks at Phoenix. That's an L. Home against the W. Home against the Clippers. Home against the Nuggets. Home against the Celtics, at Chicago, at Toronto, at Detroit, at New York, at Milwaukee. Home against D'Angelo Russell and the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> Gotta you know give D'Lo his credit. I mean, I I'm eating a little bit of crow with that too because the guys the guys playing great basketball right He's now. So um, I got to give him credit for that. And then home against the Kings, home against the Wizards, at Utah, home against the Hornets, and at New Orleans again. Um, so it's going to be tough slate of games in April. And then they end the season in, or in March. And then they end the season in April with at OKC, home against the Warriors, at the Clippers, home against the Jazz, and home against the Blazers. So 
with with all the games left, there's a tough slate of games. Uh, I think they're you know one of the top like five teams. Uh, they have one of the top five hardest remaining schedule games left. That's that's not good. And so I think I'm gonna say like 16 and 10 right now to finish the season. So but, I, I think I'm gonna finish at like 44 and 38. Yeah, but I mean it. We can finish 20 and six if if yeah you know if we could, but it, it wouldn't matter unless the teams that are above us also fit, finish worse, right? Like who's ahead of us right now? Uh, so let's look at the standings. I the Kings are definitely ahead of us. Which I, I and I don't think the Kings are gonna go, are going anywhere. I think they're making it. Yeah, I think they're making it too. They just got Harrison Barnes, which is uh, I don't know how much of an upgrade that is, but um, they they got Marvin Bagley back, which is a big big deal. He big and he's yeah, he's too. playing well. Uh, so right now the standings, the the Kings are in the eighth position at thirty and twenty six, and the Lakers are twenty and twenty eight. So they're two games behind eighth right now the clippers are ninth at 31 and 27 and we fully we expect them to kind of drop off too you know and then we're behind the clippers and then we're behind the clippers right now so oh wow it's basically going to be between the lakers the kings and i guess maybe the spurs the The spurs are above the kings at 32 and 26 this is going to be really tough yeah that's what i'm saying i don't you know, people can't fathom the idea of the playoffs without LeBron James, which is why I think most people are like penciling the Lakers in to the playoffs. But it's going to be a challenge and an uphill climb to make it to the playoffs, I feel like. Yeah, that means we have to win those games against uh, the Kings. Yeah. I mean, that... Those that Bogdanovich wins. buzzer beater might really come back to haunt us. <laughs> oh my! Believe God. it or not, uh, what's your confidence level right now in the Lakers making the playoffs? I don't know. I almost feel like it's like fifty-five, forty-five, and it's not. It's 50, coin flip. It's not fifty-fifty. I would have said fifty-fifty, but it's because because it's LeBron. I'm gonna say fifty-five, forty-five. I mean that's still essentially a coin flip yeah, though. I do. Um it almost sounds like you're more confident that Kevin Durant's coming to the Lakers <laughs> next year than this team making the playoffs this year. Well, you know, it's very clear that this team is extremely flawed. You know? Yeah. This team was extremely flawed coming in. It was the meme team. And then you add on to the you add on top of that the whole Anthony Davis debacle which just made things worse then you add on to the fact that we've had like we've had some injuries right from to lebron and to lonzo and you know kuzma missed some time too um so i don't know there's a lot of things that we're kind of we were up against you know so there and it's a stacked western conference yeah yeah so so you hit a couple things there was injuries there was you know, the piece is not completely fitting. Mm-hmm. There's uh, apparent, an apparent um, 
lack of defensive coaching. Yeah. On this team. Or just coaching in general. Or, or just coaching in general. <laughs> so, between those three things, the coaching, the front office moves this past summer, and injuries, attrition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How would you rank those three? three things in terms of the biggest influence on where we are today oh i would say injuries without a doubt yeah at the top because that's why we that's why we lost lebron you know during that huge he missed what at least a month right? like 18 games i feel like or something like that huge yeah that's huge 18 games yeah if lebron never got hurt Oh, we'd be where would be where would be this the team be right the, now? We'd be at the top of the conference. <laughs> <laughs> I would say we'd be. I mean, we'd definitely be in in the playoff picture. Like we'd be in the top eight because when he went would down, be, would we be a like a top four? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I would. I would probably put it between like the four to six range. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's the thing. This is my first year watching LeBron on the Lakers. The dude is like, the guy's a game changer, man. Yeah, yeah. The guy rolls out of bed and literally messes around and has a triple-double. Yeah. It's crazy. Are we still... Would you, I mean, you agree with that? So, yeah, I do agree with that. Yeah. Um, are we... I guess technically this is still prime LeBron, right? I think so. Well... So the only the only part where it's like it's not prime LeBron defense is the defense. So that that's kind of what I alluded to. Defense is really bad. Is that yes, this may still be prime LeBron, yeah. but that absolute peak LeBron I think was Miami LeBron. Well, obviously, and it's not. Yeah, you you got to go back and YouTube like how yeah. he defended Kevin Durant in the like. 2012 yeah, finals. Yeah, no, he, he was, he was, it was ridiculous. Yeah. That, that was, uh, that's goat LeBron. Yeah. But I will say this: his defense has been really bad this year, and I think has been bad for a while. Like I think last year, you know, when he was on the Cavs too, his defense he's, was nothing uh, to be. He's doing the, he's uh, ascribing to the Kobe, the yeah, Kobe he's, program he's of kind of saving it all yeah. on the other on the end of the court. And and that's and that's the thing too is that I have no doubt that he's pacing himself and i think once the playoffs come in come in the picture he's a guy who's yeah okay his defense may not may still not be miami defense his defense is would still be when it's crunch time when it's time to like play his defense is good i think he can do it for like spurts a possession or two at a time yeah you know but he's not gonna like i mean people people forget that he you know miami lebron guarded like prime Derrick Rose yeah, he and was, gave him fits. Yeah. And then he goes on to like lock up Kevin Durant. Well, defensively, Miami LeBron was like on par with probably like Kawhi. No, I mean, not on par. I mean, I think Kawhi is probably the standard. Yeah. But, you know, he's in the same like all defensive all time. Ta- like all time yeah. perimeter defender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, but he's not he's not that anymore. Which is know? why if we got if we got AD or even Kawhi, yeah, he would lighten that burden so just so well. Yeah, I, I mean LeBron though, you know, uh, on the other hand, he is probably I would say he's like 
Yeah, he's definitely his three is definitely the best it's ever been right now, right? Uh, the the long range three, which is kind of weird because his free throwing is like pretty bad. Yeah, but I'm not even know? worried about that. I'm not too worried about that. No, no. What about overall with the team free throwing? Ingram's actually been sh- shooting free throws a lot better lately. Yeah, it has been a lot better. Yeah, this is it- a thing. Okay, going back to LeBron, uh, Ingram though, this is the thing about Ingram. Once the second half of a season starts for this guy, he always takes these jumps. It was like that his first year. It was like that last year, and it's happening in this year. He takes these like mini jumps. Like first year, the first half of the year, his rookie season, he was so bad. He was really, really bad. Yeah. Second half of the season, I think he even dropped like, I don't know if he did or not, or he was very close to being the youngest uh, player ever to drop a triple-double. But he was posting up some really solid numbers the second half of his rookie year. And then the next year that followed, again, he didn't show that much growth. And in the second half, he really turned it on. So it, this is the same thing. He's, uh, he's shown that he's made huge strides on defense. His shooting has improved. I haven't really necessarily seen it from the three point, the three point end yet. Yeah. But um, you know, if there's anything that we've learned in our podcasting so far this year, is that free throw shooting is such a huge deal, man. Especially for these young players. <laughs> Isn't it true though? I think you're, I think you're subtly talking about no, somebody in particular. No, but. surely not. <laughs> but it's such a, it's such a big sign of things to come. You know. So that improvement can't be understated. Yeah. Okay, so you you think you you think injuries is the number one factor for where we are right sure. now with the team. So, sure. what would be two and three? Do you put more credence into the coaching or into the the roster composition by? The I would office? say roster composition. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you know I'm not I'm not here to to shit on Luke because I think he's gotten a very short. He's been very short changed this whole. I mean, fire Luke is uh, picking up momentum. Yeah, it, as we I speak. think it's just—it's such bullshit. But um, and I like—I don't know. Luke Luke's a likable guy. I'm not—I don't know if he's done a, a great job. I, I can't—I don't think he's done a great job. But he hasn't done a shit. He hasn't done like a bad job. You know, he's been dealt a really bad hand. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, yeah. In my opinion, he has a tough gig. Yeah. Uh, he's definitely not set up to be successful no. when you're when your boss is <laughs> when you know your boss wants to fire you that's yeah. never a good feeling and well, uh not only that and like just give you giving you like a completely unfair like tongue lashing right <laughs> give the, i it's, mean give the players hugs yeah and give, and give the coach a tongue lashing it's, it's crazy uh, i it's just poor that's the uh, magic johnson philosophy of uh front office well, give, executive well, it's not even give the players hugs it's uh proclaim to give the players hugs and then rescind that hug offer like just moments later yeah. like a day later um but yeah i, I you know luke walton has he, he's fine i think i think he uh he's just been very shortchanged this season so i can't i can't put all the blame on him um so i would say the uh the team composition is very much at, at the second spot if not you can make a case that it's like the worst thing out of the three right well you know the people the people that have a that that are on the fire loop train you know they do have 
some legitimate points because I I do feel like mm-hmm. uh he does a couple of head scratching things. He does. His rotations are still yeah. The rotations kind of basically is the big the big yeah. the big thing. Um, it always seems like when a player gets hot, like let's say a Kyle Kuzma starts getting hot and he's starting to cook on the court there, that's when he gets yanked. He's like, I got to preserve this. Yeah, yeah. You're, this. You're, he's like, bottle up this fire for late in the right, fourth quarter. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, he, he likes to he likes to try to steal minutes a lot. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if there's like less than a minute, less than a quarter, then he'll put on this like garbage lineup on the court to rest like, the the main guys and then the next Which quarter actually, rolls around yeah and the, the guys are still there yeah. and then Which, they end up playing like three right, or four minutes right which is actually kind of odd it's very different from like phil jackson phil jackson used to always like leave those guys that last because that last minute of the quarter is extremely crucial right it's so crucial yeah yeah you're setting you're you're building momentum for yeah. the last quarter yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so from that standpoint yeah, I feel like people have a legitimate gripe with Luke Walton. And then, you know, um, I don't really, I'm not the biggest fan of what he's doing on defense either. Mm-hmm. Uh, it almost seems like he's telling everybody to switch like automatically. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that can work if you have like Lonzo out there. If you have like Lonzo and Brandon Ingram and oh, they could switch for days and, and man. LeBron out there, then okay, then yeah, yeah feel but free you to can't, switch. You can't switch with Kyle Kuzma. See, so that's um, that guy gets cooked. When you when when I was watching the Boston game, yeah, uh, I feel like Kyrie was having a hard time doing anything when Ingram was guarding him, and then he figured out that they they started doing this high pick and roll, where inevitably. Uh, Ingram and Kuzma would switch, mm-hmm. and then uh, Kyrie would end up uh, having Kuzma on him, and that's when he just like started going going to work. Yeah, you know. Which I mean, in his defense, though, it you can't really expect a six nine. No, no, yeah, not not at all. Guard. Like nobody's gonna nobody's yeah. gonna stop. It's just that Kyrie. Ingram was he. I mean, he has fantastic defense. Yeah. And, and and I'm just saying, like the switching stuff, like. You have to have the right composition of players out there on the court to be able to do that. So let me ask you a question: If uh, if let's say Kyle Kuzma had elite defense, where would okay. you place him in? Like, like how would you feel about him as a prospect and amongst like the other young players in the NBA and like how you would feel him as as a Laker? I mean, well, you know, some some Laker fans, a lot of Laker fans, feel like he's right now already better than jason tatum but i would i would say <laughs> definitively he would be a better prospect than jason tatum if, if, if that doubt, was right? that, that would be without a doubt yeah. um and uh i think if you were to put elite defense in kyle kuzma that's that's actually superstar potential you would be you would be able to trade him and a pick for anthony davis oh for sure yeah, yeah. if that if yeah. that was the case yeah but it just shows his defense is still it's a long ways from coming around. I mean, it's not it's not bad. I would say. I feel like it's pretty bad at times, though. Wouldn't you say it's? A... Mm, 
I mean, yesterday, what he guarded Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris had a good game, but I mean, he's a he's a borderline. All-star. He's a really good scorer. Yeah. Uh So yeah, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say that his defense is is bad. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he tries hard. Uh, people would say like Rondo's defense is bad at this point, which <laughs> you can see that. You know, yeah. I mean, um, he gambles but, a lot. Yeah, he gambles a lot. Um, but I, you know, one on one, I I feel like Kakuzma is like okay. ha- passable. Okay. Like teams are not gonna be like game planning to expose his. You don't think so? I don't think so. Really? You think that's I, what you think that's I what's think happening so. right now? I think so. I think he's. I don't know. Like I remember seeing a Brooklyn Nets game with the Lakers, and like Jared Dudley was like, that dude was like cooking Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah, yeah. I just old ass prehistoric Jared Dudley. I, I just feel like there are other players on this team that <laughs> that you can ex- that you can expose more yeah, more than Kyle Kuzma yeah. right now on the defensive end. Uh, but yeah, that's where we are right now. Uh, your confidence in in the Lakers making the playoffs is, I guess you said fifty five, fifty five percent. Yeah, I think I, I think I'm around that. Around that, yeah, too. and I, you know, again, it's it's just kind of a, a big big portion of it is really unfortunate because LeBron went down with that injury, yeah, which was significant. Missing eighteen games can really, and he was a front runner to be an MVP right when he went down, you know. Yeah. So, I don't think he's really got a chance to winning that anymore because of that. No, right now the MVP race is basically like a, a two-man race, maybe a three-man race with Paul George. Yeah. But uh that guy has been tearing it up. You know, I would say that he is people front are... runner for defensive player of the year. Yeah. People which are... if he make which if he wins that, that's a really nice feather in the cap yeah. for for Paul George. Like Paul George, I've never seen anything like it. He's having People are saying he's back to when he pre-injury Paul George. I think he's beyond. It's crazy. Now, the numbers that he's putting up, it's crazy. Like it's it's unprecedented for Paul George. Yeah. You know, uh he is averaging yeah, he's averaging 28 a game right now. That's crazy. But like I said, this is just a dude who averages 25 home runs a year, 25 to 30 home runs a year who's hitting a 45 to 50 home run season right now. I want to see that. I want to see him do it again next year. Yeah, you don't think you think he'll come he'll come back down a little nah, bit. If he does it again next year, then I'll be saying, "Wow, he's you know, he's he's in that upper echelon of like cream of the crop top 5 NBA player." Yeah, do you still feel like OKC is like a real threat to the to the Warriors? Now that we see this Warriors team with Boogie Cousins. I don't, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I I just feel like you can't you just cannot discount the the Thunder because that defense is that defense is pretty damn good, and defense is it's it's all it always it always comes into play in the playoffs. Uh-huh. You know you you can't discount defense ever. Okay. Um. I mean, you know, it's it's it always the Warriors. Sh- it would be shocking. Yeah, it would be shocking. Yeah. It's always gonna you know we I think we all assume it's gonna be the Warriors, but yeah. Um, all right, so there's the easy 
the easiest slate of remaining games is the rest of this month, and then um, that's when uh, the season starts getting real difficult here. So we'll just have to keep track. Um, there's one more game tomorrow before the All-Star break. I don't know if you want to do another. Should we do another podcast before the All-Star the all-star game maybe we can talk about maybe. something different yeah um yeah getting a little tired of all the drama surrounding this team by the way that all-star draft was awesome yeah i thought that was a draft that lebron like fleeced yeah honest i think in my opinion they gotta do yeah the nba is just doing so many right things right now i know there's there you know we got some i problems, feel like they fucked up but... a little bit with the uh draft because it should have been a, it should have been like a snake draft, where LeBron got the first pick, mm-hmm. and then Giannis probably should have gotten the next two picks, and then LeBron probably should have gotten the next two picks. Yeah, kind of like how it, it. it happens in fantasy. Yeah, but LeBron just kept getting it, just kept kept going back right. and forth. Right, which is probably why LeBron ended up with the way better team. But also, Giannis made some strange picks, though, I thought. Like, he picked D'Angelo Russell really early. Uh, he picked Chris Middleton as his first player yeah, from the bench. You know, I think I think he was just more of having fun. Yeah. But, um, but you know, LeBron was LeBron was all business <laughs> he there. He was all business. In that draft. You know what they, they seriously, what they need to do to make it even more juicy is that they need to... So basically, they just need to not having have the teams yet, and just at the All Star Day, they just line them up like schoolyard style, and have like LeBron and Giannis or whoever just stand in front of them, and be like just pointing and be like, "I'm gonna take him, I'm gonna take him, and I'm gonna take him," and then like they just you know move to the playground draft. Yeah, I yeah. think that would be fucking amazing to see like the reaction of the players. They should just draft. Like five minutes before the actual game. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like everybody it should be just on the show day up. Of, yeah, that's just, what I'm saying. It should I be on the you, day. Yeah, it should be on the day of the uh, day of the game, and then like schoolyard style, like just people just pointing at who they want, and then going to your team. Like yeah. that would be s- already right now. What they did, what they did with this idea is fantastic. That would just put it to another level. That would be must see TV. Like be- more so than the, even the game itself. I yeah. Feel like. Well, what did you think about um, the? Uh, the trade that happened during the all-star draft of uh lebron trading russell westbrook for ben simmons i feel like that was probably planned beforehand between Giannis and lebron yeah yeah because um you know he i think Giannis said that he wanted to get joel Embiid and westbrook on the same team right uh yeah, he said that I want to draft both those guys on the same team because I'm a lover, not a fighter or something, and I want to see them like be on the same team or something. I think he said something to that degree. Oh, did he say that or did LeBron say that? I think Giannis said that. Oh. Um, so I feel like they did a little something-something there to just kind of like, you know, and also LeBron got to do his little, you know, recruitment of his little, <laughs> you know, planting the seed for many years, you know, future years. Yeah, yeah. Although, I, I want to say, like, I don't know if, like, has your, like, what's your thoughts on Ben Simmons? I feel like his, his star has kind of dimmed a little bit. So, I... The dude attempted his first three yeah, just recently. I mean, it was a huge deal that he shot that three. <laughs> Almost went in. Uh, but the form was pretty ass. 
I thought it looked bad. Well, uh, I oddly feel like he's going to get it okay, though. You think he's going to I fix o- it? oddly feel like he's going to write the ship a little okay. bit with his shooting because when he goes to the line, it doesn't look bad. Well, what's like his, he shooting, though? I don't know. His free throw form isn't terrible. Yeah, I mean, form is very, very key. Uh, I can learned, look it up right here. As we've learned, form is extremely key. You know what's so funny? I'm 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 going to Google and I'm typing Ben Simmons, and the first thing that auto populates Ben Simmons Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Ben Simmons is shooting fifty nine percent from the free throw line. Okay, that's actually salvageable. Which is um, you compare that to? Don't say it, man. We lasted the whole podcast. You compare that to a player that we all love. <laughs> um. What, that's 17 percentage points above Lonzo's free throw shooting? Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like for some odd reason, I can see him being below average, a below average shooter. So like, Which 30, would be a huge victory so in and of itself. 30% from three? Yeah, is that what you're saying? Uh, I feel like he would need it to be like 35 for it to be... Like 35, 35 like is average. Below. Oh, is it average? Okay. Yeah. 30, like 33. Like, if he could get it to like 30, that would be like a huge victory okay. uh, for the Sixers. So I think that's, uh, you know, possible. Uh, what was more troubling to me? Did you see like LeBron guarding him? How he guarded Ben Simmons in the no, game? How did he guard him? Did he just give like 10 feet? He was basically like maybe a step outside of the restricted area when Ben Simmons was <laughs> at the three-point line. Like, I kid you not. That's how much he sagged off of Ben Simmons. And he basically baited Simmons into, like, trying to shoot floaters. And he, he it just was not happening. Yeah. Like, he's very raw when it comes to finishing, much like a player that we know, for <laughs> sure. Right. Um. So, uh, yeah, he has a long way to go, but I feel like the signs are there that he can possibly be okay. You so know? you're still confident that he's going to be... Because that's that's keeping him from being the trans, a transcendent talent. Yeah, with, with all of his deficiencies, he's still an all-star, which is pretty remarkable, right? Well, his other numbers are pretty fantastic. Yeah, he's averaging 17, 9, and 8 right now. Amazing. Yeah. Um. I mean, you got to say that his, he's already, okay, so he already made an all-star team. So you, you got to say his chances of being like a star is much higher than Lonzo at this point. Ben Simmons? Yeah. Oh, for sure. His percentages are already better than Lonzo's, so yeah, I would definitely say so, yeah. I mean, he's shooting 57% from the field. 57? Yeah. Okay. It's but, basically all but dunks and lay, layups. But yeah, but that's partially because he's such a, he's a physical specimen. I would say. Yeah, he's 6'10". Yeah. You know, he with can, guard, he with can guard finish. Abilities. He's He can definitely finish. Yeah, with guard abilities. You know? um, but I, I think even, even like, us mentioning that right now, I, I think that would get Lakers fans very salty. Oh, my gosh, Just man. Just uttering those words, you know. Um, they're, But why they're, are you not salty about, like, Ingram is what I'm saying. What is it about Lonzo that just people are just so enamored with? Um, like, why do people not jump to the defense yeah, of Ingram? So I feel like I feel like Lonzo has kind of taken like 
cult hero status a little bit. That's crazy. Right? I kind of get the sense that, like... Um, I will say, I think... He's definitely got stands, basically. I will say this. I think Lonzo, he has a little, like, a tiny bit of charisma. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't have, obviously, Magic Johnson. See, even that, even the fact that you just said tiny... It you think people would, get would people say, riled up. really? That's yeah. crazy. Because he's a super quiet kid. Yeah, but you know, he's uh, <laughs> he's got his own reality TV show. Oh and uh, I I feel like I'm saying that and I'm giving him credit. But I, I'm saying like, I think maybe that's why like people like him so much. Because like you contrast with the Ingram, who's just kind of like, he's, I mean... He's almost like Kawhi status. With people, do people know what his voice sounds like? <laughs> right, right. Um, do you think Lonzo has like Moxie? Uh, I feel like he does. Yeah. You know, I he, feel like Ingram it's, it's, has more though. Um. Possibly. Like yeah. that dude has, like, you know, when the whole trade rumor stuff was going on. Ingram was very much kind of like he seemed the most unfazed by it out of yeah. the young. Yeah, and the, you know the way he the way he handled it, I thought was like that's exactly what I would want out of my like young player. Right, right. Because he, he was saying I don't even really go on Twitter that much, which is music to my ears, to be honest. Because I like I kind of wish like someone else on the Lakers right. organization would right. have that <laughs> right. attitude. He's more mature than our front office yeah. guy, you know. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I think, uh, I don't know. I'm telling you, man, I will die on this Ingram Hill here, man. He's going to turn out to be, yeah, he's going to turn out to be really, really good. Do you still trade these guys for Anthony Davis in the summer? After all the shit that went down? I almost feel to. like. You probably have to. I almost feel like you cannot go back to that offer, though. Yeah. That, that you presented. Well, it was in bad faith, you know? The way the the, the Pelicans uh, react, and and this is, here's the thing: it's if we could get, let's say we get Kevin Durant, right? Yeah. And we now have Kevin Durant and LeBron in the fold. Then I'm like, fuck the Pelicans. Then I'm like, no trade, no deal. Well, I'm saying like, yeah, here's the deal, but like, it's not going to be the sweetheart deal that you got before. Yeah. You know, ah. unless I'm gonna say, unless you know, what I'm gonna say, unless the Celtics are like all up in that and they're like ready to go, because like then I'm gonna be like, you know what, I probably need to swallow my pride because the idea of like putting that trio together, but also blocking the Celtics from getting Kate. AD, yeah, it was of paramount importance. Do you think? Uh, and that's probably why the Pelicans did that because they were like, worst case scenario, the Celtics and the Lakers are going to be, you know, bidding against each other. Yeah, you know, um, all that talk about like AD's dad saying he would never want his son to play yeah. in Boston, and AD being pretty adamant about not wanting to sign with Boston long term. Um, Let's say the let's say the Pelicans trade Anthony Davis to the Celtics this summer. Mm-hmm. Do you think there would be a chance for AD to sign there long term if he were to end up on the Celtics? Yeah, because I that's basically what 
that's basically what Danny Ainge is going to bank yeah, on. Yeah, I think it's possible, and I would not want that to happen. Yeah. Because, let me look what happened with Kawhi. I don't think it's guaranteed that Kawhi is going to leave Toronto. I, in fact, I feel like it's a pretty good it's a pretty good chance that he'll resign with Toronto. Yeah, I mean, we can thank Paul George for kind of He's screwing that all up. up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay, you brought up... Uh, we talked about, oh yeah, we talked about, we're talking about the Pelicans. So I'm of the opinion that you cannot go back to that deal regardless of if um, Kevin, so, a, a max free agent is in the fold or not, because you, you just can't, you just can't let New Orleans get away with what the shit that they pulled. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm cool with that too. Yeah. But what if the Celtics are in on it then? Don't you feel like you need to kind of. Um. I feel like you would still do that. Let's say, hey, let's say you, let's say we got LeBron and we got KD, right? And then all of a sudden, all these talks are coming out, and the Celtics are close to trading for AD. Yeah. And the Pelicans were like, if you give us that same deal that you, you offered us in the summer, we'll give you AD. Well, they can't do it. They can't do it <laughs> because. Um... They don't have Zubats anymore, well, <laughs> okay, so they can't go exactly back to what to what they offered. You're right. We don't have, uh, you know, Zubat Shakur, the um, <laughs> the centerpiece of that <laughs> package yeah. of Itza Zubats. Um, I feel like if I'm if I'm Majinka, no matter what, I'm not going to go back to offering all three of the young Lakers. Ingram, mm-hmm. Kuzma, and Lonzo. Mm-hmm. I just want to do it at this point. Um, yeah, you I can't mean, reward. You you cannot. You got played by another team. Played real hard. And then you can't just go back and ask for more again. Yeah. Like on that front. So I I would not go back to um, that trade that trade package regardless. Well, and on top of that too, the Lakers the Lakers players will have to really. Uh, these young players really have to show that they're a lot better than people are, yeah, are yeah. claiming that they are, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and I, and I, um, I understand like the concern of like Anthony Davis being traded to Boston and then being more willing to sign with them term. But then you got to remember like who he's, who his representation is. And like, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a lot, it's a lot more favorable situation for the Lakers this time around because, um, it's ba- it's basically LeBron's LeBron's organization that's kind of <laughs> re- representing Anthony Davis right now. You I know, mean, there's a possibility that he can like cut ties yeah, and like yeah. s- sign with Aaron Mintz or yeah. something or whatever. But uh, yeah, um, at I, this at this very moment, I just don't think you know. Right. So I was thinking about this, and I was just wondering, um, how would you feel? And and yeah, you know, I'm gonna preface by saying we would not. I would not want anything bad to happen to any player, even a player that I would hate. But how would you feel if something like this happened, where Anthony Davis, because you know he's been forced to play by the NBA? Yeah. What if he went down with like an Achilles, like an Achilles heel tear? Right. Like, what part of you and what percentage of you would feel almost like 
that's karma, bitch, with the Falcons organization. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I feel like, I feel like, um, Anthony Davis is not the enemy in this. No, he is That's, not. He's the not enemy. like being perceived as like the bad guy no. here. Well, maybe I don't know. Yeah, unless you're Bill Simmons yeah. or unless you're a Celtics fan, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, so I I would feel bad yeah. for that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, not, yeah. I wouldn't. Uh, right. I was, I was just my prefacing it by I wouldn't saying be we like never... Chris Tucker and Friday like <laughs> looking over this guy and being like, "You just got knocked the fuck out." Yeah. I, just, I wouldn't be like that. But um, but how would you feel about the franchise though? Cause yeah, I mean a little, <laughs> a little satisfied, you know. Because I like, think that would be the ultimate like. That would be such a fucking karma play right there. Can you imagine? Yeah, like that would actually be. I think that would actually be a huge, game changing like NBA altering move like incident for like future instances like future instances. With, yeah, like. Like in the future, like if you have a disgruntled player, and like you would not, you would not be pulling that kind of same shit Mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, and that would be so crazy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I almost this is the and the reason why I thought about this because the NBA is filled with so much drama. Like I could see this happening. You know? Yeah, I mean, speaking of injuries, like none of this would even be up for debate if Gordon Hayward didn't like get his foot chopped off. Oh uh, yeah, because let's say the Celtics have a healthy Gordon Hayward and he's yeah. at the level that he was like when he was with the Jazz. Yeah, I mean, he was a top twenty player. Outside. Yeah, yeah. Then Great player. Then the Lakers would like. I don't think they would even be in the running for anything. There would be no competition right. for a trade package. With right. they'd probably be, they would be able to. Either they would be willing to part with Tatum more because they have Hayward, or they would be, they wouldn't even have to throw Tatum into a package. Then they would just trade Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, and like their treasure chest of picks. You mm-hmm. know, and that might be enough. Um, That's true. So yeah, injuries that plays a huge role in how you know things play out in the NBA I, more than um, any other sport. Yeah, because so much emphasis, like there's one player can make such a huge difference. And one, and we've seen in recent years that one player has had lasting impacts on how teams operate. Yeah. You know what what Kevin Durant did signing with the Warriors now it's like people gotta like create super teams of like three and four all-star caliber players and then you have Paul George who was flirting with the Lakers for you know over a year and then ended up staying with OKC so I I mean that's creating like an effect of like small market teams being more willing to gamble and getting these uh expiring contracts of max caliber players and you want to talk about injuries you know, creating like altering like moves like Demarcus Cousins. The yeah. only reason why he's on the Warriors, right? It's because of his Achilles. And Anthony Davis might have uh, resigned their long term. That is true. You know, if if Demarcus Cousins was still there, that's true. Yeah. So injuries play a huge role. I mean, 
Knock, I'm not. I'm gonna knock on wood right now and hope that you know Anthony Davis stays healthy. Yeah, I, you know, I would say even if he didn't end up on the Lakers, you know, you just never want to wish ill will of any of any player. Um, but just playing devil's advocate, that would be such a crazy, crazy turn of events in this this drama filled league. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm, I'm just hoping that. Um, the people, the Lakers fans, and we started this podcast episode with um, talking about the young Laker fans who are very attached to these young Lakers. Yeah. Uh, it might be, it could be argued now at this point that you should just keep the young Lakers and develop them. You know, if you don't. You mean going forward? Yeah, going forward. Like this year and beyond? Yeah. Interesting. Like sign a max free agent this summer. Keep the oh, young I see core. What you're saying. So you have two max players. Two max then, players. Keep oh, the young yeah. core and keep all your draft picks. Right. Right. That could be the way to go, possibly. Yeah, because yeah, LeBron, like, let's say LeBron and KD. And then you have these other, all these other, yeah. Yeah. Also, it leaves you the opportunity to even make a trade to a lesser degree, you know? Like, uh, I don't know, like a Chris Milton. I mean, Chris Milton's going to be a free agent, but like... A, a type of player like Chris Milton, yeah. you know, who's not necessarily, you know, obviously the ilk of like Anthony Davis, uh-huh. but yeah, that type of caliber player you could make a deal for. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think all of us were like very bloodthirsty for Anthony Davis over the yeah. past two weeks. Yeah. Now that it's the dust has settled and we've cooled off, off it a little bit, it's um, making me rethink a little bit about, how the front office should proceed in mm-hmm. the summertime. I, I think it's... And uh, Bobby Marks, the ESPN uh, NBA analyst, he, he made the claim that um, the Lakers dodged a bullet for not sending that package to New Orleans for Anthony Davis. Yeah, that, that Godfather deal really gave me pause. Too. I mean, that was... That was insane. Yeah, it was insane. and uh, That was a his like of like historic proportion i don't think a lot of trades like it was that. the nba equivalent of the herschel walker trade yeah, right yeah, yeah. basically and that you know that ended up benefiting the cowboys yeah a lot more than the vikings so yeah. um it, it was probably a blessing that the trade didn't go through um because i think i think it was always the preferred route that the lakers sign a max free agent first and then trade for anthony davis well it would certainly give us i feel like an upper hand yeah you know yeah because we don't it's like if you want to compete in the nba it's you, you, you just at a at a minimum you got to have these two huge franchise cornerstones and then the third one is almost like a it's almost like a luxury you know right so right. yeah you just got to have that second one in hand yeah yeah so we'll see what happens um so yeah, the All Star break is coming up, and then we'll have the stretch run, the last third of the season. So we're just gonna have to see if the Lakers make the playoffs. I don't think it's a guarantee, but um, I am still reasonably optimistic that they'll get there. Um, and uh, hopefully Lonzo will come back sooner than later. I-, I think he's gonna obviously like be rusty a little bit, 
try to get his legs back and all that. More more rusty than usual. I mean, from a like from an endurance perspective, oh, endurance. Okay, you know. Okay. Um, but I, I mean, he was. I, I'm scared to see what a rusty Lonzo Ball I mean, is. Damn. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, he was he was playing his best basketball up until he got hurt. You right. know what I mean? So right. it's gonna take him a while to at least like work back to that. You yeah. know. Yeah. So. Let's just hope that this team stays healthy the rest of the way. And and if that is the case, then I think that there is a good chance that they make the playoffs. And when they make the playoffs, that's when, you know, Anything nobody wants to play LeBron oh, in the playoffs. For sure. So nobody. we'll see what happens from there. So with that said, let's uh, end the podcast here. Um, thank you guys for listening. If you're still listening, uh, an hour and 37 minutes into this podcast but um be sure to uh continue to listen continue to check us out um again if you have any comments or questions feel free to email us at 81 points podcast at gmail.com we also have a twitter handle at 81 points podcast so send us a message send us, send a, us a message a tweet whatever you want um uh, we we like interacting with the fans out there because we're fans too so Uh, With that said, thanks for listening, and we will check in with you guys next time. Thank you for tuning in to 81 Points. We are a Los Angeles Lakers podcast hosted by me, Chris Lim, and my longtime friend and co-host, Chris Lee. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe and leave a rating or comment. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can get more episodes of 81 Points on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.